After praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and sending the salutations upon the Messenger alayhi salatu wasalam and upon his family and his companions and upon all those who follow upon his guidance and to the establishment of the last day to proceed ikhwan Allahumma inna na'udha bika min ilmin la yinfa' wa min qalbin la yakshar wa min nafsin la tashba' وَمِن دُعَاءٍ لَا يُسْمَعْ Verily Ya Allah, we seek refuge with you from knowledge that has no benefit and from a heart that has no fear and from a soul that has no satisfaction nor contentment and from a dua that goes unanswered and from a dua that goes unanswered To proceed Ikhwan فَفِي هَذِهِ اللَّيْلَةِ نَسْتَفِيدُ وَنَتَعَلَّمُ عَنْ عِلْمِ مُسْتَلَحِ الْحَدِيثِ So tonight inshaAllah we continue in our lessons regarding the science of Al-Hadith. The science of Al-Hadith. فَتَعَلَّمْنَا أَنَّ عِلْمَ الْحَدِيثِ أو هذا الْعِلْمِ الشَّرِيفِ يَنْقَسِمُ الْقِسْمِينَ So we learned so far, ya ikhwan, that the science of Mustalah Al-Hadith is divided into two parts. فَمَا هُمَا So what are they? مَنْ يَعْلَمْ Who knows? The science of a hadith, one of our sisters. Irifai yeah. Qalila, raise your voice slightly. Tafadha. Eh? It's broken down into two parts. One is like. Now, many of course. That's talking about the generality of knowledge. This is specific. The science of hadith has two parts. Oh, inshallah. Everyone has push ups tonight. Oh. Our sisters, nobody can answer from our sisters also. The science of mustalah is Mustalah hadith is broken down into two parts. What are they? MashaAllah, Santunna, Barakallah fi kunna. This is MashaAllah, Yaqwan. Tawai, Nasallah Ta'ala in Yaj'alana Mithlahunna. And we ask Allah Ta'ala makes us the men like our beloved mothers, our beloved daughters, our beloved sisters, Yaqwan. Ilman wa khuluqan wa adaban regarding knowledge and manners and character. Science of Mustalah Hadith, Luqman, is divided into two parts. Ilmu riwayah wa ilmu dirayah. Uktubu hadha. Write this down, Yaqwa. Ilmu riwayah. Ilmu riwayah. Bil-Arabiyya, Ayn, Lam, Meem. All of you brothers that write in Arabic, you sisters that write in Arabic, Ayn, Lam, Meem. Ain Lam Mim in English A L M 
ilmun next word riwaya 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 ra waw alif ya ta marbuta riwaya ilmun riwaya inglesia english r i w a a y a h riwaya هذا القسم الأول. This is the first category. علم الرواية. ما المقصود هنا? What's the intent here? ما يدرس? What are you studying when you say علم الرواية? The knowledge of the narration. What are you studying? Not authenticity. Close. Uh. The ماذا? The metan. The actual wording of the hadith. The الفاظ النبي. أو الفاظ أي متكلم. Doesn't have to be the prophet. The actual wording of the speaker. إذا نقول النبي فالفاظ النبي. إذا نقول أبي بكر الفاظ أبي بكر. إذا نقول البخاري الفاظ البخاري. Whoever is the speaker, you say the prophet. The wording of the prophet. You say Abu Bakr said. The wording of Abu Bakr. You say Bukhari said. The wording of Bukhari. The علم رواية is the actual wording. The metan, the text, the metan of the hadith. وثاني the second category علم دراية علم دراية وعلم دراية ما يدرس what are you studying with علم دراية what's the focus not the wording now you're talking about huh the chain the men of the hadith the women of the hadith not the wording the men who are bringing you the wording the men who are bringing you the wording. Okay, اكتبوا هذه إخوان. Skip a line and write this down. أرتيكم مثالاً لحديث صحيح. We're going to give an example of an authentic hadith. An example of an authentic hadith. Uh, ex uh, the second category, diraya. Oh, we didn't spell it out. طيب. Diraya. In English, D I R a A Y A H Diraya. Two words I want you to memorize, Yahwan. Riwaya, Diraya. Riwaya, Diraya. The wording, the actual wording of the narration, the wording itself. Diraya, the vehicle of the wording, the isna, the sanad, the tech, uh, the men of the chain, the people who bring you the wording, the sisters who are in the chain. Anyone who's in the chain, the women, the men, even a child can be in the chain of narration. So you have the metan and you have the senate. You have the metan and you have the senate. The wording and then you have the chain. The wording and then you have the chain. Who doesn't understand, ya khwa? Kulukum fahimun, la So, a quick question. So the two forms are the MashaAllah accent. Ilmu riwaya is the wording of the hadith. Ilmu diraya when you're studying the men of the chain. So do you have to put men or you can put the people? When you say men, this doesn't mean men. The gender. We're not talking about the gender. We're talking about mankind. Men and women. The word men can be the men, not the women, or it can be the men and the women. Right?
What's the two categories of hadith? Science of hadith? Riwaya? MashaAllah, I sent, I sent. One of our new brothers. What's your name, Zayakwa? Abu. Abu Men? Alhamdulillah. It's better to say Abu Bakr. Abu could be a nickname. It's allowed to have a nickname, Yaquan, but it's better to say your name. If you say Abu, what does Abu mean? Father. Or father of. So, Aladi Yasma, Yantadiru, Hatta to Timal Kalama, Hatta to Timal Kalam. So, if you say, My name is Abu, that's okay. The one you're talking to is still waiting. Abu, who? Abu, men. Who are you the father of? Like that. If a sister says, My name is Um, mother of. Like, mother of who? Mother of what? Does it have to be a person with the kunya? Does it have to be a person? It can be a thing. Mathalan, Abu Hurairah, Mama'ana Hirra. What does it mean, Hirra? A cat, a small cat. Abu Hurairah is not the father of cats, technically. It's the possessor of cats. The word father can mean father and possessor. The word um can mean mother and possessor. Doesn't have to be a thing, uh, doesn't have to be a person. She can be Ummu Kutub. And the Kutub and Kathira, Fi Baytiha, Mathalan, Fi Maktabatiha, Fi Masjidiha, Fatusamma Umma Kutub. Say the woman has a lot of books, a lot of sisters that are really studious. We had a sister like that in Yemen, from Britain. I won't say her name, Ikhwan. I don't have permission to say her name. At any rate, Hafidat Kulishi. She memorized every book out. Alhamdulillah. And she was old in her age. But she had a strong desire and a strong love for seeking knowledge. She had a, a vast library in her house. And she knew her books. And she knew who wrote them. And she knew the author. And she knew who published them. MashaAllah. So they used to call her Ummu Kutub, the mother of books. She would say, oh, this book is from Lebanon. There's another one from Saudi. There's another one from Egypt. The one in Egypt is weak. When you open it up, it's going to fall apart. The one in Lebanon is really strong, but it's expensive. The one in Saudi is like this and like that. She was strong and knowing her books, mashallah ta'ala. So it doesn't have to be a person. It can be a thing. It can be a thing. Ummu Kutub. Abu Turab. The father of dust. No. I wrote the Kunisha. Yeah, Jahana. No, no, no. So it doesn't have to be a thing. It's recommended. I implore you, brothers and sisters, to start using the Kunya. It's recommended. Not to just say Ali, Muhammad. If Ali has children, you say Abu, such and such. If Ali doesn't have no children, you say Ibnu, such and such. You attach him to his father or him to his mother. The sister has children, you call her Um, whatever her child name is. She has no children, you say Khadija Bintu, the daughter of, and you mention her father or her mother. It's honorable to do that. You don't see that a lot in America, but it's honorable. The Arab, and other than the Arab, those who are Mutamasikuna Bil Kitab wa Sunnah, who used to hold on to the Quran and Sunnah, they will use the Kunya a lot. They use the kunya. It's not obligatory, but it's recommended. 
طايق what's the two categories so we have Abu Abu Bakr who else is new tonight Walid Walid mashallah Abdul Qadir Abu Bakr Abu mashallah Abu Bakr Abu Bakr Jamilan Abu Jannah Abu Jannah am I able to use my daughter name or it has to be a son طيب هذا سؤال جيد that's a good question يا إخوان من السلف من لا يحبونا ولا أريد النساء أن يغضبن علينا في هذا يا إخوان we don't want the women to get offended here هذا ليس من قولي that's not my speech لوكمان فإذا يغضبون لا يمكنهم أن يغضبن علي أنا لأن هذا ليس من كلامي we don't want the women to get offended but if they get offended they can't really get mad at me because it's not my speech I'm just a narrator من السلف يوجد من لا يحب there are many of the Salaf, unfortunately, who didn't used to like taking the kunya of the women, of the names of the women, the names of the girls. There's no proof to support that. That's just some of the people at that time, they preferred the names of boys over the names of girls when it came to the kunya. Al-Asl an yusammi shaqsa أو أن أن يأخذ الكنية من اسمي ولده الأول أو بنته الأولى. The origin is that if you're going to take the kunya after your child's name, is usually the name of your firstborn. You take the name of your firstborn. لكن هذا ليس بشرط أيضا. That's not a condition either. That's just usually how the salaf used to do it. Your firstborn name is Abdullah. So they will call me Abu. Abdullah. Your first name is Amina. They will call the sister Ummu Amina. For whatever reason. At any rate, that's not a condition. Going back to the brother's question, you can name your kunya after your firstborn daughter, firstborn son. It's usually your first child. Your first child has more rights. But it doesn't have to be your first child. It could be a middle child. It could be a last child. It could be all your children. For example, no. Anyone else have fun? So the brother's daughter's name is Jannah. So you say Abu Jannah. My daughter's name is Jannah. Abu Jannah. Labas. Ada jaz, inshallah. That's allowed, ya khwam. Taayat. Uktubu hada. Write this down, ya khwam. Qala al-Bukhari rahimahullah. You're going to write? Bukhari said. I'll give you two hadiths. Bukhari said Hadathana Abu Al-Yaman Bukhari said Abu Al-Yaman narrated to me Abu Yaman Abu Yaman Abu Yaman Bukhari don't worry about the spelling, look, man. Uh, you can always correct after. Just sound it out best you can. Look, uh, Bukhari. B-U-K-H-A-A-R-E-E. -E. Sometimes just notes are going to look like scribble, yeah, Khwa. Yaman or Yaman? Yaman. Yaman. Bukhari. Bukhari said, Hadathana Abu Yaman. Abu Yaman narrated to us. Akhbarana Shu'ayb Akhbarana Shu'ayb He said Shu'ayb informed us So we have three men Bukhari, 
Abul Yaman Shu'ayb. Bukhari, Abul Yaman Shu'ayb. Type is Shu'ayb. 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 S-H-U-A-Y-B. Shu'ayb. Qala al-Bukhari haddathana Abul Yaman. Qala akhbarana Shu'ayb. So you should have Bukhari said. Abu al-Yaman narrated to us. Qala akhbarana Shu'ayb. He said, Shu'ayb informed us. An, an al-Zuhri. An al-Zuhri. A-Z. Dash. Zuhri. Z-U-H. Ri. R E E Az Zuhuri. So now we have four men. Who can repeat? Bukhari. Abu Yaman. Shu'aib. Az Zuhuri. Is this Ilmu Rija'a? Is this Ilmu Riwaya or Ilmu Diraya? One of our sisters. Ilmu Riwaya or Ilmu Diraya? Which part of the science is this? Diraya. We're not talking about the wording yet. Nobody said anything as far as the narration goes. We're mentioning the chain. طيب قال بخاري حدثنا أبو اليمن قال أخبرنا شعيب أن الزهري بخاري says أبو اليمن narrated to me he said شعيب informed us on the authority of الزهري 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 he says أخبرني سالم أخبرني Salim. Zuhri says, Salim, inform me. Salim is Abdullah, Salim ibn, uh, the son of Abdullah bin Umar, his son. Salim ibn Abdullah. So Zuhri said, Akhbarani Salim. Salim told me, inform me. Two more men, and we're done. Do we, do we put his father? You can. You don't have to, but you could just put Salem. Akhbarani Salem. Tayyip. An Abihi. An Abihi. On the authority of his father. So Bukhari said, Abu Yaman narrated to me. He said, Akhbarana Shu'ayb. Who said, Shu'ayb informed us. An Zuhri. On the authority of Az-Zuhri. Qala akhbarani Salim. Zuhri said, Salim told me. An Abihi. On the authority of his father. His father is Abdullah ibn Umar. His father is, Salim's father is Abdullah ibn Umar. The companion Abdullah ibn Umar. So you're going to pick from his father Abdullah ibn Umar. From his father Abdullah ibn Umar. Qala sami'tu Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Who said, I heard the Messenger of Allah say? Abdullah ibn Umar said, I heard. The Messenger of Allah say. Who can repeat the whole chain? Tawadah. 
صحيح البخاري رحمة الله عليه حدثنا أبو اليمان قال أخبرنا شعيب أن الزهري قال أخبرني سالم بن عبد الله بن عمر أن أبيه قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم ما شاء الله طيب take away قال رسول الله and ابن عمر said I heard the messenger of Allah say what else can we repeat one of our sisters MashaAllah, I sent. Father, what's your name? Uh, not Abu Jannah, what's your name? Musa. Musa, MashaAllah, I sent. One of my favorite names, Musa. Aratun al Sami ibn Musa. Thumma u'titu ibnan wa ma sammitu Musa. I always wanted to name my child Musa. And Allah blessed me with a boy. I didn't name him Musa. Father, ya Musa, iqra, read what you have. Try your best. May Allah bless you. Abu Yaman Abrahari Suyab Azari said Azari, his father Abu Adelai. I heard. He said, I heard the Messenger of Allah say. That's it. That's your last sentence. One of our new brothers. Don't tell me. Abu Bakr's companion. Uh, one more time. Wali and Abdul Qadir. Wali, iqra. Read what you have. I got it. I got the Arabic. You can recite this in English. Bukhari said, Abu Yaman narrated to us. Shu'ayb reported to us on the authority of Az-Zuhri said. Salim informed me on the authority of Abdullah ibn Umar who said he heard the messenger of Allah say. MashaAllah. I sent. Jameela. Tawadha. Abu Bakr narrated that Azumi said that Shu'ayb informed us that Azumi said that Salim informed him on the authority of Abdullah ibn Umar who said the Prophet said Salim informed me Azumi said Salim informed me Anyone else? Anyone else wants to recite? Any one of our sisters who wants to recite also? Look, man can go next. Salim. Tayyar Luqman, raise your voice. Bukhari said. Good. Shu'ayb. Good. On the authority of. Zuhri. Good.
Huh? Or from his father, Abdullah ibn Umar. Who said, I heard. I heard the Messenger of Allah say. MashaAllah, our sent, our sent. Toy Heather Il Muruaya. Oh, a new brother. What's your name, Yaki? Salam. Abdul Salam, MashaAllah. Toy Abdul Salam, Heather Il Muruaya, Il Muduraya. Which category is this so far? Il Muruaya, Il Muduraya. Our sent, our sent. One of our sisters. هذا علم الرواية علم الدراية. This is علم الرواية علم الدراية. علم الدراية. طيب. أين المتن? Where is the متن? هذا. This is a trick question. لا تستعجلوا. Don't rush. Don't rush. أين المتن? ما هو الحديث? What is the حديث? Huh? Hey, we didn't mention it yet. طيب. Who can recite the حديث? أبو جنة. تفضل. Bukhari said, uh, Abu Yamana huh? narrated to us, Shaib informed us, Al Zuhuri, he says, Sal Salim, Salim, Salim informed me on the authority of his father, Abdullah ibn Umar, who said, I heard the Messenger of Allah say, MashaAllah, sent, our sent. Who else can recite the hadith? Wali, the hadith. Not here hey, it's not here yet. <laughs> Trick question. Abu Yaman, Abu Jannah owes us 25 push ups after class. Tired. Who else? Abu Bakr. Where is the chain? Where is the chain? Mm. We didn't mention it yet. Huh? We didn't mention the chain yet. Right? Hey, we mentioned the chain. Abu Bakr also owes us 25 push ups. Not paying attention. Tired, one of our sisters. Who said this chain? A Shafi'i or Ahmed? This is the chain of who? A Shafi'i or Ahmed? Huh? Shafi'i or Ahmed? Which one? Bukhari. I sent him Five. Our new brother in the back. Oh, I didn't see that brother with a nice white thobe on. MashaAllah. May Allah make your heart white as he made your thobe on. What's your name, Yaqi? Zakaria. Zakaria. This chain is whose chain? Imam Malik or Al-Bayhaqi? Imam Malik or Al-Bayhaqi? Whose chain did we recite? Imam Malik or Bayhaqi's chain? Some may say Malik, some may say Bayhaqi. Whose chain? Malik. Many wafiqu who agrees? Ah, Zakaria also owes us 25 push-ups <laughs> after class. We do we work out sometimes in Masjid Abdul Salam. Masjid Salam. We like to be in shape. Alhamdulillah. So 25, 25, 25. We gotta take like a um. We can add it to our our, our plan, our, our our building plan. We have like a workout. This brother owes us how many push-ups. This sister owes us how many jumping jacks. This little. Alhamdulillah. What's our little uh, little brother's name? What's your name, Yaki? Yunus, mashallah. May Allah bless you. How old are you, Yaqi? Seven. Mashallah, may Allah bless you. May Allah bless you. 
طيب قال ابن عمر ابن عمر said سمعت النبي عليه الصلاة والسلام يقول he said I heard the messenger of Allah saying اكتبوا هذا write this down يا إخوان هذا هو الحديث هذا هو المتن هذا هو الرواية this is the hadith this is the metan this is the narration he says عليه الصلاة والسلام إنما الناس إنما الناس verily mankind إنما الناس كإبل mankind look man they are like camels هذا قول النبي just a statement of the prophet Making an example, a similarity. Inna nasu verily, mankind ka'ibalin. They are like camels. Inna man nasu ka'ibalin. Mi'atun la tajidu fiha rahilatan. He says, verily, mankind are like camels. A hundred of them. From amongst a hundred of the camels, you can't find a single one of them. Rahila. That's a good riding beast. From a hundred camels, mankind is like camels. From a hundred of the camels, la tajidu fiha rahilatan. You can barely find one from the hundred that's suitable as a riding beast. هذا الحديث صحيح. This hadith is authentic. وعند البخاري is collected by البخاري. إنما الناس كإبل مية لا تجد فيها راحلة. Mankind they are like camels. From a hundred of them, you won't find a single one that's suitable as a riding beast. طيب. نعم إنما الناس كإبل مئة كإبل مئة لا تجد فيها لا تجد فيها راحلة طيب من حفظ البيت من أمس who memorized yesterday's line of poetry والحسن anyone memorized from ها I sent يا أخي may Allah bless you and raise you and your knowledge and your character and your manners ومن أيضا يحمق الله أو أعطيكم فائدة تتعلق بالتعطيس to give you a benefit يا إخوان connected to sneezing فماذا يقال الذي ماذا يعطيس What does the one who sneezes What does he say الحمد لله هل يو ها أبو بكر ها He says الحمد لله And then what do you say when you hear someone say الحمد لله يرحمك الله سنت لقمانة طيب and what do you say the one that sneezed and said Alhamdulillah his companion said Alhamdulillah what do you say to him? Jamilan, Jamilan Ma ma'ana Alhamdulillah what does it mean Alhamdulillah? All praise belong to Allah Ya Allah what does that mean? May Allah have mercy upon you Ya Deek Allah Yusuf Abalika May Allah 
guide you and rectify your affairs, uh, correct your affairs. I'll give you another benefit, inshallah. طيب يوجد ثلاثة أقوال عندما يريد العبد أن يعطيه أن يعطيه. There are three things you can say when the person sneezes. He sneezes. Hachu. Why do we always have to say hachu? I never learned the hechwam. Is that scientific? That just comes out. Hachu. And any other words you can say? And everybody that sneezes say hachu automatically. Someone check that. Is that scientific? Is that culture? It can't be culture, but every culture does it. طيب. There are three things you can say. Number one, Alhamdulillah. Number two, Alhamdulillah ala kulli All praise belong to Allah, no matter the circumstances. Number three, Alhamdulillah rabbil alameen. طيب. صحيح. All of them are authentic. Alhamdulillah. You can also say Alhamdulillah ala kulli All praise belong to Allah, the Lord of... Uh, no matter what the circumstances. Number three, Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen All praise belong to Allah, the Lord of all the worlds Someone says one of these three You say, Ya Rahmakallah That stays the same in all of the narrations When you reply back to him You can say a few different things May Allah guide you and rectify your affairs Comes in Hadith Abi Huraira Collected by Bukhari You can also say he said, May Allah have mercy upon you. You say the same thing back. Yarhamanallahu wayaka. May Allah wayakum. May Allah have mercy upon us and you. And then you say, Wayakfir lana walakum. And may Allah forgive us and you. Wahada andal imam malik fil mawatta. Min hadith ibn Umar. And that's narrated by Imam Malik in his mawatta. A tremendous book, Ya Khwan, that you don't hear a lot about. The Mawatta of Al-Imam Malik فيه بعض الضعف نعم لكن حديث عظيم It has some weaknesses Yes But it's a tremendous book يا أخوان. The Mawatta Study the Mawatta Read from the Mawatta Inshallah we'll do some lessons in the future From the Mawatta It's a tremendous book يا أخوان. But it has some weaknesses You have to make sure you check those narrations But it's a book of Hadith and a book of Al-Fiqh طيب He mentions on the authority of Salim Who is Salim? That we just learned tonight. The father of the son of who is Abi? He's Ibn Umar's son. He's Ibn Umar, son, the grandson of Umar. So he narrates a lot from Abdullah bin Umar. That's his son. Or Ibn Umar is his, uh, his father. So he narrates a lot from his Abi. So Salam on the third to Ibn Umar. That Uqisa, that he sneezed. And someone said to Ibn Umar, Yahamakallah. Ibn Umar said to him, Yahamanallahu wa yakum, wa yakfulana wa lakum. Ibn Umar said, May Allah have mercy upon us and you. And may Allah forgive us and you. There's a few things you can say, Ikhwan. You don't always have to say, Alhamdulillah. You can say, Alhamdulillah, that's the Sunnah. You can also say, Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alameen. So all three of them are authentic. Wallah alam. Ta'ya, tafadhi ya lukmanu. Ya jayana. You stretching. One of our sisters. Ta'ya. Walhasanu. Okay. From the beginning. Ah, la ba'as. 
May Allah bless you all from the beginning of the book. Oh, we gotta find one of the brothers to match. May Allah, we gotta keep up with our sisters here, Khwan. They can't outdo us in everything. Right? That's Jamil and that's good. May Allah bless you. Anyone else from our sisters? Arsanti, Arsanti, MashaAllah, MashaAllah. May Allah bless you all, Yaqwan. May Allah raise you all of your knowledge, your manners, your character. Naamina Rajad, Father Sheikh Abdau Abdau bin Hadi Musalian Ada, Muhammad bin Khayyin Abi Ursila, Wadim and Afsam in Hadi Aida, Wakuluwa Hidin Atawa Hadda, Awalaba Sahih, who are not tussle, is Nadu, where you shed the Oyaul, Oyuan, Yawi Adrun Babibun and Mithlihi, Mortabidun Fibuhi, Walakuni. الحسن <laughs> Would this be the riwaya or the diruaya? Who knows? Which one would this one be? Neither. Close. Huh? He said neither. He said neither. Which one? Riwaya or diruaya? Diruaya. Oh, our brother says diruaya. Hey, this one be the riwaya. Remember, the riwaya doesn't have to be from the prophet. Anyone's speech. So this is the speech of. This is the speech of al bayquni Al Bayquni, he's the author. So that's his speech, his metin. So this will be the riwayah. Oh, the baby girl's crying. 
she woke up. She got that nice uh, tent, mashallah. I got to go to Walmart and give me a nice one like that. May Allah bless me, ya khwan. who else wants to make irtika? Who else intends to make irtika? No one else. So sunnah, ya khwan, tremendous if you have the ability to make irtika, to separate from your family, your job, the dunya, to seclude yourself and focus on your worship, your studies, your prayer. So sunnah of the Messenger, alayhi salatu salam, فَيُقَامُ فِي آخِرِ رَمَضَانِ فَقَطْ أَمْ لَا It usually takes place at the end of Ramadan only Can you make irtikaf any other time in Ramadan? Only the last 10 nights? No. The answer is no You can make irtikaf in the beginning of Ramadan in the, in the middle of Ramadan at the end of Ramadan فَالنَّبِيَ عَلَيْهِ سَلَّمَ تَسْلَمْ فَعَلَى هَذَا أَحْيَانًا وَهَذَا أَحْيَانًا وَهَذَا أَحْيَانًا The Prophet would do this sometimes and that sometimes and that sometimes. He may irtikab sometimes in some narrations in the beginning of Ramadan. Some narrations in the middle of the Ramadan. And later on towards the end of his life, towards the end of, uh, at the end of Ramadan. And this is what most people after his death, alayhi salam, practice the end of Ramadan, making irtikab. Can women make irtikab or is this only for the men? What's your name again, ya Oh, Hashim. Hashim, Can the women make irtikab or is this only for men? The women can make irtikab, ya khwan. If there's a masjid, an environment that the women have a suitable place, they are safe, they're not what the men are, there's a place suitable for them, safe for them, uh, someone can protect them, alhamdulillah, they're safe in their area, they can make irtikab also. The wives of the Messenger of Allah sometimes used to make irtikab. Now, our sister. Huh? Can a menstruating woman make irtikaf? Who can answer? She's on her hayat. She's on her menses. Can she make irtikaf? No. Let's see who's the Bukhari of our group and the Um Salim of our group. Yes. No. I bet our brother said, Musa says no. Many wafika ma'a Musa. Who agrees with Musa? Abu uh, Ali. Technically, it's no. Huh? But then, like, I feel like. The things that they have today, huh? to like protect the ground. So. If she can protect the ground, okay, that's a strong statement. You agree? Yeah. She can't? Yeah. Our young brother, I met you before. What's your name again? Nadir. Nadir. I sent. Where are you these days? You're busy. We gotta go get Nadir, We miss Nadir. Why do we focus more on the children, Some people say you tend to single out the children more. Maybe that's true. Why is that? Do you have children? No. We have children. Alhamdulillah. May Allah increase all of us here far. Why do we tend to focus on the children more? Firstly, that's what I learned. Firstly, that's what I saw. When we were in Africa, we were in Yemen, most of the scholars, if not all the scholars that we had the honor to sit with, we saw them focusing on the children more. Asking the children more questions. More than the men. The little sisters questions, more than the women. Second of all, they are what in the future? What do we hope these children grow up and become? Scholars of the religion. Imams of the religion. Especially the women. Now maybe the brothers will get offended. Hey, hey, what about us? Especially the women, yeah. Why do we focus more on the women more than we do ourselves? Because they 
The women usually are the nurturers of the, of, of the household, of the ummah, of the children. When usually the women are with the children the most. Usually, this is not a condition. Usually, if the woman is on the sunnah, those who are under her, she raises them up also upon what she's upon, and usually they become on the sunnah as well. The sister stronger than the Quran. Usually, those who she's around, she's with, she's they're under her, become also strong in the Quran. She has good manners. Usually those who are around her, they are affected by her manners and thus they become from those who have good character. So this is why Back to our question of the sister. Is it allowed for a woman to make irtikab on her menses? It depends on the place. What does that mean? إذا المرأة تكون على الحيط لا يجوز لها أن تكون في المصلى أن تكون في المصلى. If the woman is on her menses, she can't be in the prayer place. She can't be in the musalla. She can be in the masjid, but she can't be in the musalla. الفرق بين المسجد والمصلى بين المصلى والمسجد. There's a difference, Wali Abdul Qadir. There's a difference between the masjid and the musalla. The masjid is the place, the building. The musalla is the place that the prayer is established in. For مثلاً هذا المكان هذا البناء يوجد فيها غرف يوجد فيها الحمامات يوجد فيها المطبخ يوجد فيها غرفة دراسة يوجد فيها المصلى. فكل هذا يسمى مسجداً وليس كل شيئاً كل شيئاً في هذا البناء يسمى مصلى. This building, Masjid Salam, from what I saw, I didn't see every room here. We have classrooms, we have a kitchen, we have a musalla, the sisters have a musalla, they have classes, perhaps they have a kitchen over there too. They have a kitchen there also. All of that's the masjid, but not all of that's the musalla. So a woman or her men says she can come in the masjid. But she can't come on the floor that the prayer is established because she's not in a state of purification. So say there's a classroom there and the prayer is not established in those classrooms. I don't know how it is, but just say we have classrooms and the women don't pray in those classrooms. She can hear the classes, the Jumu'ah, she can make irtikaf in that place and focus on her dua. She can listen to the lessons. She can make dua to Allah. She can, I'll give you another benefit. She can read the Quran from the strongest position of the ulama. Even if she's on her menses. Some scholars say no. And they use as they prove the statement of Allah Ta'ala as it comes in Surah Al-Waqi'ah. And no one touches it except those who are pure. No one touches it except those who are pure. Tayyip, what's the it and who are those that are pure? Hey, those who are the it here is not the Quran. When you look at al-nas, when you look at what's apparent, none touch it. A lot of people say no, the it here is the Quran. That's not the correct understanding of this verse. The it is not the Quran. 
It's those preserved tablets, the loh, al-mahfuz, that is between the hands of the malaika, of the angels. Illa al-mutahharun, except those who are pure. Someone says, hey, you can't touch the Quran, you're not pure. And they use this verse. This verse is not a proof of that. Those who are pure here, Allah is talking about who? The angels, the malaika. No one touched those prescribed tablets, the loh, al-mahfuz, except the malaika. Right? And there's nothing specific, sarih, that says it's haram on a woman to touch the Quran or her menses. There's a narration which Aisha was talking to the Messenger of Allah in the Sunan, and he mentions the meaning more or less that it's not in your hand. Your menses is not in your hand. For example, just because she's in a state of uh, not, she's in a state of uh, not being pure. She's not in a state of purification. It's not a strong enough proof to say you can't touch the Mus'haf. You need something sarih, specific. It is nothing specific to say a woman can't touch the Qur'an or she can't recite from her memory or she can't recite from the Qur'an while she's on her menses. You need something sarih. How about men Similarly, if a man is not in wudu, is يُسْتَحَبُّ لِقَارِئِ الْقُرْآنِ أَنْ يَتَوَضَّعُ it's highly, 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 highly recommended for a woman or a man to be in wudu before they read Quran, to be in wudu before they make dua, to face the qibla before they make wudu, uh, to face the qibla before they make dua, to face the qibla while they read Quran. Those are things that are recommended. They are recommended, but they're not al-wudu. They're not obligatory. If you say it's obligatory, we need what? Proofs. And he approves. So someone says, hey, I heard some sheikhs say it's haram for women to touch the Quran on her menses. Some scholars say that. Look at their proofs. Most of them use the same verse. When you look at the tafsir of the verse, Abu Aliya said that the who is not the Quran. Ibn Kathir mentions the who is not the Quran. Ashokani mentions, Al-Tabari mentions, Al-Qurutubi mentions that the who is not the Quran. So the strongest opinion is that a woman or her menses, she can read Quran. Some people say she has to put a glove on or something between the Quran and between her. If she puts it on her lap, she has to have a blanket or something like that. All that needs proof, yeah. The menses is not on her person. She's in a state of impurity because she's on her menses. So you need some proof. At any rate, we respect all the position of the ulama. We love the ulama. That's our religion, yeah. However, you need proof. You need proof. So if something doesn't have any proof that it's haram, it remains upon the origin. It's allowed. Our sister. So what is the proof of even not touching the Hadith Ibn Umar, that's in Bukhari Muslim. Now this Hadith, the Prophet of Allah was talking about the Eid. But many scholars use it to be general. When he mentions the Hadith, as uh, narrated by Ibn Umar, that yajibu ala kulli muslimin or muslimatin is obligatory upon every male and female muslim that they pay the zakatul fitr abidahum wahurrihum the servants from them and the free person from them and the prophet mentioned a few classic categories of people and then he says musalla and he mentions they come to the masjid and she he says if the woman is on her height ijtanabat al-musalla she stays away from the area that you pray in. Now this is talking about the Eid. You look at the Hadith, 
the context of the hadith is talking about the Eid. But many scholars use it to show if she stays away from the musalla of their Eid, the Eid is usually prayed outside, they're more right in the masjid. That she stays away from the musalla. The Prophet said, Ishtanabat al musalla. That she stays away from the musalla. I believe this also mentioned in Bukhari in the book of Salah. No. Anyone else say Ikhwan? Abu Jannah. You understand? You with me? Who doesn't understand yet, Khwa? Abdul Qadir, you with us? So if Eid is prayed in the masjid, she can't come? No, no, she can come. Okay. But where, every masjid usually has a musalla. What's the meaning of musalla? Like here. Like here. What does it mean? The Not the prayer. The prayer, the place that the prayer is established. So this is our masjid and this area is the musalla. When we go in the hallway, that's the masjid, but it's not the musalla. You're still in the house of Allah. But you're not in the place that the salah, look man, is established. When you go to the hammam, you're still in the masjid. You're in the masjid. But you're not in the place that the prayer is established. You're in the kitchen. Our brothers and sisters, mashallah, they make food every night. May Allah reward these brothers and sisters every night. You can come here and break, and break your fast. That's a blessing, ya ikhwan. Alhamdulillah. Sometimes they bring the food to you. Allah, that's another blessing. The other day, the little child was in the parking lot giving out waters to the people, dates. MashaAllah. May Allah raise that child and the family of that child. That's tremendous. You're in the hammam, anta fil masjid. fil musalla. You're in the masjid, in the bathroom. You're still in the masjid. But you're not in the musalla. The musalla is the place that the prayer is established. So the woman or her menses, she can come to the masjid. If that masjid only has, like you brothers are blessed, Allah Akbar. Y'all have a masjid, then you have a kitchen, then you have classrooms, you have side rooms, you have Allah, mashallah. That's from Allah Ta'ala, alaykum. But some people only have one place. You come in the door, no kitchen, no classroom, that's it. You come in the door, take your shoes off, masjid, musalla. If that's their situation, that woman can't come there. Because they don't have nowhere for her to be. They only have the musalla. So say here, we have the Eid here. Tomorrow's the Eid, inshallah. It's raining. So we can't have it outside. It's a sunnah to have the Eid, not in the masjid. It's allowed to have the Eid inside the masjid. It's allowed. But it's not how the Prophet used to do it. The Prophet will go out somewhere and have the Eid outside. So that's the sunnah. Say it's raining. We can't have to eat outside in the rain. Tayyip. Everyone's nice tobo, mashallah. Nice jilbab. Nice shoe. We're going to be offended. Man, I spent all this money and now the brother going to put us outside. Not like that, ikhwah. So we pray inside. Tayyip. So she can come if the masjid is feasible for someone on their menses. Every masjid should have a place for the women on their menses. For the classes. Even for the eat. Just in case you can't go outside. So if they have a place set up for those sisters, they come in those sisters in their area. They sit in the classroom, they sit in the kitchen. You don't pray in the kitchen. That's different. But if the area is not like that, then that sister can't be there. Wallah. Father look, man. So we're talking about the eat prayer itself. And usually the celebrations are usually held wherever you have the prayer. That's the origin. But nowadays we do it sometimes differently. We may have the prayer one place and then the festivities maybe around the corner somewhere else. All that's allowed. 
But usually everything is together. MashaAllah Ta'ala. Father Ya Musa. Can they still pray? They can pray. That's a good question, Musa. Second best question of today. The woman or her man says, Trick question. Don't rush. Don't rush, Yunus. This question is for our beloved brother Yunus, our future Shaykh. A woman or her man says, Can she still pray? What do you think, Yunus? She can still pray. The answer is yes. Really? Eh. What can she do? She makes dua. Dua means prayer. So she can still pray. She can't pray what we know as al-wajiba, the five obligatory prayers. She can't do that while she's in this state. But can she make dua? Musa said, can she, make, can she pray? He didn't say, can she pray the five obligatory prayers? So we left it as Musa said it. Can she pray? As our beloved future Sheikh Yunus says, yes. And that's correct. She can pray. She can make istikhara. She can make dua. She can turn and face the Qibla and say, Allahumma. Infa'ni bi ilmin nafi' Oh Allah I ask that you bestow upon me beneficial knowledge Is that prayer? The answer is yes So she can pray She can also make any dua generally Whether it's istikhara The prayer for rain Seeking guidance She can do all of that The only thing she can't do Are those things that she can't do Making tawaf From the hadith of Aisha uh, The five obligatory prayers the recommended, the, the, the voluntary prayers, she can't do that. But dua, she can make. Even though she's on her menses, some sisters say, hey, I can't get up at night and pray at night while I'm on my menses. You say, why can't you? She says, what do you mean? I'm on my menses, ya khi. I can't pray to Allah. Why can't you? What's stopping you? You mean to tell me I can pray while I'm on my menses? Yes. But she says, Allah, no, no, you can't pray that prayer. You can't pray that salawat, but you can make dua even on your menses. Even if she gets up in the third of the night, I give you a benefit, ya Min hadith Abi Hadith am. This hadith is general. It doesn't mention anything about the salah. The word salah is not in the hadith. Remember hadith, ya Look at the wording of the hadith. Look at the meaning of the hadith. If you wake up the last third of the night, and you make wudu and you face the qibla and say Allahumma and you make dua you're under the hadith the messenger of Allah he says inna rabbaka yanzilu kulla thulath al-layla ila samaya dunya verily your lord comes down to the lowest of the heavens and he says man da'ani who's invoking me who's supplicating to me so I can answer him. Who's seeking my forgiveness so I can forgive him? The word prayer is not mentioned here. Yes, the origin of dua is in the prayer. Yes. But it's not a condition. It's not a condition. Someone says right now, Astaghfirullah, Astaghfirullah. In the circle of knowledge, he's praying to Allah. He's making dua to Allah. He's making dua to Allah. Now, Huh? Is it what? Is it sinful to sin the musalla? Type here, there's a command from the Prophet of Allah, rather a prohibition, <coughs> and she avoids the musalla. 
So anytime you contradict the commandments of Allah, the prohibitions of Allah, the contradiction of the Prophet of Allah, the prohibition of the Prophet of Allah, then that person is sinful. No. Wali. So let's say she's what my sister is going to do Hajj or Umrah. Mm. Everything's paid for that deal. She's leaving two days from now. Right? And that time of month comes. Mm. What then? Usually the woman, her, her men says, yeah, Juan is a number of days. Yeah. So she still can go. She has a mahram. She can still go, prepare for hajj or umrah, especially umrah. If her menses exceeds the whole time of the hajj, there's some things she can still do, but there's some things she can't do, for example. So she can experience the trip, mashallah ta'ala. She can't make the tawaf. She can make dua to Allah ta'ala. She can't pray. The obligatory, the recommended salah. But unless her minces last, some sisters do, her minces do last 15, 16, 20 days. But that's not the usual. The usual that it's going to last bid'ah to ayyaman. It's going to last a few days, maybe a week. Seven to ten, Seven to ten days, some scientists say, some doctors say. Maybe her umrah. The hajj is going to be hard because it's only a certain <coughs> selected days. But the umrah is different. To delay, uh, you can do that. I would say not to do that, because that contradicts the origin. But you can't say that's haram. You can't say that's haram, because you, you need some proof to say that's haram. If a woman takes some herbs or the likes to delay her bleeding, to delay her cycle, I would say not to do that. But let it come naturally, let it go off naturally, that's the origin. However, you can't say that's haram. If a woman does that, because she really wants to go on the trip or the likes, then you can't say that's haram But she's contradicting To take something that's not natural The natural way how Allah created you To alter your natural body's disposition It's better not to use those things It's better to stay away from the likes of all of that No Tayyip Anyone else? We'll stop there, ikhwan Unless you guys have anything else to mention, inshallah What about what you hear nowadays? Al-mar'atu fil jama'ati bainan muslimat هل يجوز لها أن تسافر بدون محرم؟ وهذا مشهور الآن. Now the woman, the issue that you see nowadays, the woman, she's in a group of other women. Is it allowed for her to travel and make Umrah or Hajj, although her mahram is not there, but she's in a group with women? Is that allowed? Is that correct to do? Yes. Some scholars say yes. It's 30 women. They don't need a mahram because it's a group of them. Some people say that. But the correct opinion is that no. There's no proof to support that. I'll give you a benefit, ya ikhwan. Al-ulama wa la'immatu laysu bil-burhan. Abadan. Al-burhanu kitab Allah wa sunnatu nabi alayhi salatu wa salam. Wa fahmu sahaba. The scholars and the imams and the students of knowledge are not proofs. Sometimes we use the scholars as proofs. We say, it's allowed because this sheikh said it. That's not Islam, Or, you know, you can do it like this because this imam said it. No. It's a difference benefiting from the imam's words or using his words as a proof. Two different positions. And sometimes in the West, especially in the West, 
we use scholars of today, students of knowledge of today, imams of the past as proofs. The Messenger of Allah he says in a hadith narrated by Abu Huraira, collected by Imam Malik in his Muwatta, the Messenger of Allah said, I've left you with two things. You will never, ever, ever, ever go astray. As long as you hold on to both of them. The Book of Allah and my Sunnah. The Book of Allah and my Sunnah. So everything else is not obligatory. And some scholars say, the, if the companions agreed upon something, it becomes a hujjah. That's a position also. So the Quran, the Sunnah, and what the companions were unanimous upon. Everything else, you can reject it, you can accept it. I can say my sheikh said. You can say what my sheikh said. The sister says my husband said. The brother says my wife said. The girl says my father. All that can be argued, taken, rejected, argued, taken, rejected. The Quran, you can't do that with. The authentic hadith, you can't do that with. And what the companions were unanimous on, you can't do that with. What about if the companions differ? There's nothing concrete from the Quran and Sunnah, but they differ. What do you do? You just don't do it. You take either or, right? Yeah, you can take, there's no harm. It doesn't harm you. There's nothing sound from the Quran and Sunnah, but you can't use Aisha's position against Abu Hurairah, Ali against Ibn Abbas. You can't do that. If there's nothing sound from Allah's Messenger and the companions differ, then they're not unanimous there. So you can't use one of their positions against the other. But if there's something sound from the Quran and Sunnah, then you have to take that Quran and that Sunnah. Our last position from our sister, inshallah, then we'll stop. The menstruating woman being on the musalla because they don't have what we have like now, like what? But it's not about that she can't protect the blood from getting on the floor. It's not about they have in the medical pharmacies pampers or diapers for women. Or it's not about the things. It's about she's in a state of being impure. So since she's in this state, the Prophet of Allah is not saying stay away, that you can't cover yourself. You can't put on multiple clothing or multiple multiple layers of clothing. She can't tell it be so manadil and okada foka sirwaliha or tahta sirwaliha yaqwana. It's not that she can't pin on diapers or cloth under her garments or above her garments to stop the blood from getting on the floor of the masjid. That's not the point. The point is that she's in a state right now that because she's in this state, if she put on multiple clothing, seven jalabi and ten pants and diapers from the pharmacy and a lock on top of those diapers and somebody came and sewed the edges up to make sure the blood can get there. That's not the point. If she does all of that, she's still in the state of impurity. 
She's in a state of najasa because her menses, she's on her menses. So it's not that she can't protect that. Even if she did that, it would still be not allowed for her to come in the prayer place. That's like, for example, someone having food that is allowed to eat but harmful to be in the masjid. What's an example of that? Food that is allowed to eat but you can't have them in the masjid. Like garlic, like onions. Not all fermented things, only a few. Some things have a smell, but it's allowed to be in the masjid. And it could be better to be removed from the masjid. Some things can't be in the masjid because of the odor, like garlic, like the basal, like the, the onions and the likes. Somebody has a hoagie outside. Any, a hoagie. I don't know what y'all call it in Kansas City, Juan. We say up north, a hoagie. A sub. Maybe y'all say it like that up here. A sub. You have sub? Y'all have subway? Y'all don't have sub? The hoagie, the sandwich with like meat and cheese and vegetables, maybe some what they may have here, Juan, and they put it together. Sometimes it comes on a roll. You have to eat it with two hands. The mayonnaise comes all messes up the girl's jilbab. She's mad now. At any rate, it has onions on there. It's allowed to eat onions. There's nothing to say onions are haram to eat. But whoever has onions in the masjid or onions on them. You have to stay away from the masjid until they remove that smell. Similarly there. So the man has onions on his breath. So he should go use a miswak, go rinse his mouth out, go brush his teeth, and then he can come to the masjid, for example. Someone's going to say, hey, now I don't got to pray, yaqi. All I got to do is eat some onions before it's time to pray. <laughs> not like that. So it's not about if the woman can put something on to protect the blood from flowing on the masjid. No, the prophet didn't say that. Since she's in that state, she stays away until her menses is off. But she can go to the kitchen. She can go to the classrooms. She should not be in the area that the people offer the salah. That the people offer the salah. Right? So we'll stop there, Juan. We'll give no homework for tonight, inshallah. Just catch up with the sisters. Inshallah ta'ala, memorizing our three brothers that did the tremendous job. Keep making maraja'ah and we'll continue with the next portion of the book, inshallah. The next class. Wa subhanak wa bihamdika. Ashadu an la ilaha anta sarfu wa tubu alayk. Wa salamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Oh yeah, Abu Bakr, Adil Qadir, I believe. There were three brothers. They have some push-ups. They can go to the back. And do that 25 push-ups, inshallah. And may Allah bless you all, yeah. Keep up the good work, inshallah. It's a blessing, yeah.